Welcome to the VTalk podcast a podcast show about random topics I am your host Pranav Joshi today we are going to talk about films of Christopher Nolan on the panel for today's episode we have Ahan Ritwik and Aditi joining us so welcome guys thank you thank you thank you for having us namaste satsriyakal namaste adab adab so the topic is about Christopher Nolan and uh, i would like to start the podcast by asking your favorite christopher nolan movies hmm my, my favorite christopher nolan movie is uh, gajini yes <laughs> gajini <laughs> <laughs> yes. because no objectively objectively i do believe that gajini is a superior film to memento we'll get on that later <laughs> but yes uh what about you ahan um that that is a very interesting question because i hadn't really thought about it Hmm. because uh, to me like nolan is just nolan hmm. but um i will say that i i really really like uh, um kya bolte isko insomnia because like not a lot of people know about it and i really really like that and also abhi abhi tenet dekh ke aaya so like that stuck in my mind now hmm. huh. so yeah probably those two yeah <clears throat> i think for me uh, interstellar's the best Christopher Nolan movie because huh. one because that that was the first Nolan movie I saw and uh, I don't know it was a lot to think about after I saw it and it was very deep I still hmm. haven't understood it fully. <laughs> uh, for me, it's again Interstellar and Inception, both of them were uh, really good. Uh, so now coming to the second thing about Christopher Nolan, uh, like. do you know about his cinematic style would you like to share some uh, light on his cinematic style ki what if you are watching a christopher nolan movie what do you, what will you find in it so have you observed it anybody has observed it i mean first of all like if if i watch a christopher nolan movie i know that i am getting underdeveloped female characters that's like the first thing yeah yeah and then um uske upar i am getting like zero emotional depth between the uh, among the characters hmm. it's all just cold hard facts hmm. but like the, i will say that the one thing he does well and the one thing which i really admire him for is that he 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 has these concepts and ideas and he can take them and go like 0 to 100 with it and it's like it's quality like all the way so he he, right. he will make you think yeah, right. ahead, along those lines i believe that Nolan's a very thematic director when you talk about his cinematic style I think oh, we would rather be talking about his writing style like as in the, the sort of things he puts on screen rather than the way he portrays them mm-hmm. you know because down like the actual visuals of it it's down to the actual cinematographers and the the kind of uh, CGI or whatever what not he uses mm-hmm. so yeah along the same lines as what Ohan said like you know you, you you'll never get a female character who has any sort of depth to her whatsoever mm-hmm. and every every film is like he has a he has a topic and he runs with it you know interstellar he tries to explore the concept of space and space and time you know the space time continuum tenet mm. um tenet was great i personally mm. didn't like it again for the reasons why i did not like nolan films specifically when because tenet did not have any emotional depth depth whatsoever right i watched it because i love robert pattinson but i could not find myself to be attached to anything or anyone in that film mm. what i have learned about nolan from all the movies i watched is michael kane is his lucky charm <laughs> that's all 
एंड इवन हिज नॉन लीनियर स्टोरी टेलिंग वी फॉर्गोट टू मैंशन दैट ऑल्सो की द वे ही अप्रोचेस अ फिल्म like he used this quick cuts between uh, you like how in memento also there's black and white and color and he has given a 15 minute video of just exp- uh, by just explaining the plot key how does he cross cut and stuff so th- there are some frequent collaborators with he- with whom he actually works one is uh, michael kane as uh, how aditi told the other one is nathan crowley if you guys don't know nathan crowley he is the production designer for almost like 7 to 8 not not 7 to 8 4 to 5 nolan films and uh, 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 like do you guys uh, think that the dark knight trilogy is the best dc film ever like the de- best uh, dc film franchise ever okay um so uh, here is a slightly controversial opinion i don't consider the dark knight trilogy dc films because uh, i i consider them like more uh, like nolan films than dc films because they are like so far apart from any other superhero movie or a trilogy hmm. and he's taken a subject matter that is like pretty like unbelievable that's not going to happen in real life hmm. but he's taken it and he's made with it as much as he can in a like setting it in a realistic world if like if batman were to happen it would probably happen like this So I I don't really consider like the Dark Knight trilogy no uh, DC movies because I don't think they are hmm. but they are they are Nolan movies that that is what I will say about them hmm. along those lines uh, personally I he Hon does not consider them to be DC films and I completely agree in that uh, Nolan sort of um, while while batman like the dark knight trilogy of course it uh, changed film for the next 12 15 years so it still continues to affect it i i personally think it sort of ruined this um the superhero craze like started right then right batman dark knight came right around when iron man was first releasing but i feel like it sort of ruined it in that sense that every film after that tried to go dark deep and gritty and some films can do that some films cannot while i do believe that batman is a great example of something that can be dark can be done dark deep and gritty it's it also can be done in so many different ways the batman 1966 show is while campy and fun and absolutely balls the world hilarious mm-hmm. it's still batman because that's what batman stood for and right now nolan is like a superhero hater he hates on superhero films and stuff mm. but honestly i would say he's quite responsible for the huge tsunami that's that is superman films if he had not done batman begins if he had not done dark knight the mc mcu might not have been as big as it is now without batman right. begins i doubt iron man would have its you know first starting point mm. so for a creator who created this sort of thing who who invent not invented the superhero genre of course <laughs> but like the modern coming of the superhero genre i think that it's it's sort of a little pretentious sometimes you know just i don't think yeah like i said i don't think batman is a dc film i think nolan went to nolan with it and in realistically attempting to ground batman he sort of ruined some aspects of batman that i personally really liked and dark knight rises robin robin's character is a policeman named robin let's mm. let's not delve into the you know the, the the aspects of that but yeah just an example of how i feel like he didn't really approach it correctly mm-hmm. i i think like the the fact that like nolan hates on the superhero genre now like despite being one of the pi- like modern pioneers of it 
I think he's just like struggling to deal with the realization that he he has caused all this. He's just like in full denial mode right now. Huh. He does that, but he also he's producing a lot of the DC films, you know. Like he keeps shitting on current superhero films, but he's a producer on Man of Steel. He's a producer on BVS, and if I'm not wrong, he was a producer on both versions of the Justice League film. So clearly, like you know, pesa kamara, but also at the same time, and he's like, bro, this has nothing to do with me, bro. Like you know, uh-huh. this 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 shit is too cringe, but which is just so so weird to think about. <laughs> So uh, coming to one of uh, like one more highlights of Nolan films, the ambiguity, the level of ambiguity at the ending of his films, like in Inception, the top is just uh, rotating yeah. itself. Even in Interstellar, we see uh, Doctor Brand on another planet. So he gives us ambiguity. Do you think that that is what uh, showcases Nolan? Uh, a class apart from other directors? Because I rarely see films. wherein the ending is not like how it is in nolan films like it isn't given to the audience ki aap uh, aap figure kar do ki kya ho, ho raha hai he gives this i i think when nolan first started he was such a unique filmmaker that like he quickly built this entire personality about him hmm. you know like this 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 modern uh, like second coming of jesus christ almost in like in, uh, in, in the film community and then he got these fans who are going to defend him no matter what he does so he and so i i feel like he's like gone so far up his own ass that he's not going to shy away from being like quote unquote nolan so the fact that he chooses to put an ambigu- ambiguous ending to every movie the fact that he chooses to make his plots extremely complicated i feel like you know he's overdoing it but also the, he's built this huge echo chamber around himself or like all like oh nolan nolan he's not going to ever try anything else in his life Right, exactly. I personally think that's lazy in the sense that if you are filmmaking, filmmaking is about innovation. And when you first did, you know, you did Memento, you did Insomnia, you did Inception. Sure, those were like not your starting films, but still like the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. And like till the end, if you continue doing the exact same things, like what what are you really expecting? Like, see, it's with the with Shyamalan movies, with every Shyamalan movie you go into, you know that ending में कुछ ना कुछ twist होने वाला है. so you're always sort of prepared for the fact that there's going to be this sort of backlash and in the same way with nolan films you know that he's not going to give you a proper ending so when the movie is done and you're like bro idhar thoda plot hole chal raha hai like you know he's not he's not finished this art it'll be like ha bro ambiguity nolan moment nolan moment ho gaya yeah, and like you know, it's just an easy way to escape from it yeah it's incomplete just have to think bro like ha, you know, bro yeah, i'm bro. smarter than you <laughs> yeah sometimes you'll be like bhai samajh mein nahi aaya kya christopher are पूरा समझ में आया मुझे तो अरे वो लास्ट में ऐसा हुआ है करके सम पीपल ओवर कॉन्फिडेंट पीपल ना दे जस्ट पुट देयर वो जो ये करते हैं हमें समझ आ गया पूरा तो अदिति यू सेड दैट यू रियली लाइक इंटरस्टेलर सो लाइक व्हाट लाइक व्हाट वुड यू से अबाउट दैट लाइक व्हाट वी टॉकिंग अबाउट नाउ आई मीन द एंडिंग लाइक आई सेड बिफोर आई हैव नो आईडिया व्हाट आई मीन आई डोंट रियली अंडरस्टैंड इट आई वॉच्ड इट अ मिलियन टाइम्स आई एम टेलिंग यू बट आई डोंट अंडरस्टैंड व्हाट हैपेंस इनसाइड द टेसेरेक्ट I don't know how that got there. So if any of you do know, or any of you can explain to me, please do because I really want to know. Well, that's Bro, exactly what to, I'm saying. Uh, the answer to that is Nolan. Like that's all. Yeah, exactly. The answer to that <laughs> yeah. is Nolan. 
if you don't understand nolan is the happiest he's like good good there there's this good. interview of uh, nolan okay uh, i feel in toronto international film festival somewhere okay so the interviewer asks ki uh, you have this one hour one week one day concept in dunkirk don't you think it's becoming a little bit complicated for the audience to get what you're telling and he just tells fuck it man fuck it itna hi bol ke he just drifts that question out so what thug life hai wo bhai thug life yeah he's so yeah you say what you call thug life i call arrogance and like extremely pretentious Haan. but i mean exactly. he's still a very talented filmmaker and i did really really like tenet like it was one of the best cinematic experiences of my life hmm. his films like mainly i feel they will give you a amazing cinematic experience rather than the storytelling which you desire from any other films like when you go you will be struck in awe ki kya tha wo man like this like, is the I, constant uh, reaction from my side whenever i see his films yeah sorry like i cut I you off like he's a really really good writer in in terms of concept like he's very good in at building concepts taking things hmm. like uh, for example take interstellar he took the entire like uh, theory of relativity and the concept of the space time continuum hmm. and he took that to a different level like uh, take memento he hmm. took like a mem- like a a memory loss thing and made two narratives around it which eventually meet that's like a very unique thing nobody had ever mm. done that before mm. but like like he goes so far into concept he doesn't develop enough time on character and that's where he loses me sometimes yeah right i know this might be a thoda sa unpopular opinion but in the context of ambiguity right we're talking about how all is all is twists are like you know late third act right like you know you don't have time to dwell on it you don't have time to you know consider the repercussions of it hmm. prestige prestige he reveals that uh, you know the twins have been existing the entire time at the end of the film uh oh. unironically this is i unironically truly wholeheartedly believe this i believe a film that does the same concept better is doom 3 right <laughs> because <laughs> That, that's a rip off of prestige fine like you know at least the magician aspect of it but like that twist comes at the interval right because we we indians are our twists work only at the interval because uh-huh. it doesn't really matter by the end of the film mm-hmm. and so because you did that twist at the interval you got to explore like I, if i'm not if i remember correctly the first uh, amir khan you're introduced to post the interval is the no stuttering one i forgotten the names but mm-hmm. like you know the other one the hidden twin and so you get to delve into his mindset you get to de- you get to develop his storyline and you get to have that sort of conflict between these two and how sort of one has been protected one has been exposed to the outside world and the sort of relationship they have hmm on a character level that's such an interesting thing to explore right like if you have the concept of two twins out of which only one is real to the outside world and one is locked inside a box for the rest of his life it's an interesting idea to explore in the terms of the dynamic they have with the prestige you don't have that you just have like like a weird you the you know the thousands of bodies in the tank wala scene at the end that just makes you like depressed as fuck you're like jesus christ what is this nonsense <laughs> and that's all you don't get to explore the twin dynamic i generally yeah, believe like, doom 3 does it better i mean yeah i love does have a point here because um see what nolan wants you to do is like watch the ending is like fuck they were twins and then go back and watch the entire movie from the start and see you know where like the Uh, hmm. character dynamics change and you were like oh idhar ye twin hai udhar wo twin hai hmm. what doom 3 does is it gives you everything in a single viewing hmm. so like suppose you have like what 3 uh, hours to live and you were like 
I need to, I need one movie to watch before I die where I can fully understand it. You probably go for <laughs> Doom Three. <laughs> so another thing why uh, this multiple layers are around Christopher Nolan films. Uh, I'm just t- telling this to the listeners because Christopher Nolan himself has told in an interview like when you see a movie, na you don't see it only on the big screen. You see it in digital. and you have a cd of it in blue ray and stuff so when you're rewatching it you're slowly getting to know what's happening in the film and that's what he tries to do with each of his films and he had break it uh, he had break this down in his uh, interviews so that but was but then if he if he is really insistent on like the fact that movies have to be watched multiple times hmm. i would say that he's a real hypocrite where he refuses to right. let his movies he refused to let tenet come out on streaming like even though exactly. like mm-hmm. made that yeah like, what is this like pretentious snobbery like oh, like i understand like obviously you'll get the best cinematic experience in a theater but mm-hmm. there's a global pandemic going on there are priorities boss like come yeah. on right no if Warner films Brothers are i'm going to go on go on go on yeah so if Warner Brothers is giving you the opportunity to let it come out on streaming do it like if you really care about your fans then like let them enjoy the movie on a laptop like what <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, see, right, for real like 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 he was saying like if he if he thinks his rewatch like if his rewatchability factor is what is getting you hmm. why would why why are you so intent on a cinematic experience rewatches do not occur in cinematic experiences hmm. unless the only reason he would want that is like ha huh, i want them to come to the theater three or four times spend like you know 20 spend like $20 and like you know that that's the thing he's going for which mm. is so Black odd popcorn. to me like it does not make sense yeah huh. and even he has to uh, do you think the recent warner brothers deal with hbo max was a good decision by warner brothers I, or I do. i do i do think it was a good decision yeah yeah because uh, see here's the thing like i i went to watch the watch tenet in the theaters and it was literally mm. empty okay so i can mm. understand that people will have fears and aspirations about going back to the theater when everything opens up right because mm. of like basic health concerns hmm. so if we, if warner brothers and warner brothers is getting ahead of the curve by ensuring that even if nobody goes to watch their movie in the theaters they can still watch it at home so they can make their money either way hmm. so i think and, and, and it also gives like the viewer a choice like if you really care about like the cinema experience that much you can go to the theater hmm. but if you care about you know not dying you can like stay at home and watch the movies on hbo max so like yeah i think it's a good decision and mm. like i've seen that nolan has been openly like critical of that which i which makes no sense to me as a filmmaker you should always like care about people watching your film rather than not watching it mm. right i think it's a dual edged sword first of all like i i support the decision in the sense that sure it's a good idea but also i was genuinely surprised in that they uh, you know they announced this before Uh, Wonder Woman 84 which was going to be their first uh, you know dual mm. release right mm. i thought that was going to be their experiment based on which they would you know the releases of their future films would be hinged on whether that's a success or not mm. and clearly they did not give a fuck like you know that was just like Wonder Woman 84 ke liye they just did an announcement mm. and then two weeks before Wonder Woman releases they announced this thing so i i'm honestly surprised by the balls on them but at the same time you know it's just AT&T bought Warner Brothers a couple of years back and they're just trying to make money in some way or the other and this mm. is what they think is will put them above Netflix right so mm. i think with bigger movies 
it's not a big deal like you know denny villano and uh, you know uh, even he has even he has criticized this deal like they they right, have just right. told ki like around 21 movies of warner brothers are just going to be streamed on hbo max hbo max uh, on the same day as the release date and you have films like dune you have films like the matrix 4 let's check out tom and jerry and the less known films but you have dune and dune i felt ki you should have released it first you can you can push the release date if you want but don't release it on the same day as it is there in the theaters na wo but once again that that's what i'm saying if you really care about the cinematic experience that much you can just choose to go it and watch it in the theater hmm exactly they're not taking yeah. that option away from you right they're still hmm. keeping it open to you hmm Yeah. So right, now I think filmmakers are afraid because piracy ka issue chal raha hai but bro they'll come and they'll they'll grab a camera and sit first day for show and they'll get a copy it's not like it's a like tamil rockers exist for a reason you know Yeah So now if you want to talk about Christopher Nolan movies na the other thing is the music of Christopher Nolan movies what are your opinions about it uh firstly um uh, aditi hasn't spoken in a while like do you want to start us off with this one so uh, i just know his go to music producer is hans zimmer and i personally love his music everything he does it really suits the scene in the movie it really suits the movie as a whole which is what i love about hans zimmer i don't know i'm not really talking about christopher nolan but i'm talking about hans zimmer and hmm. to be honest he's a lovely producer इंटरस्टेलर साउंड Like cool, but also like, what are you doing with your life that your most listened to music of all time is is the Interstellar soundtrack? And it wasn't like just we heard it twice or thrice. Like you know, hmm. the, it's a, like played seventy five times or some shit like that. And I'm like, bro, thoda chill man. But with Tenet, I enjoyed it because uh, he brought in Ludwig Göransson. Hmm. Ludwig Göransson, he's he's making uh, he's he's gotten into producing much more recently than Hans Zimmer, obviously. he hmm. started off on actually you know the show community hmm. i haven't seen it yeah but right. i have yeah, heard about community, it community it was written by dan harmon of rick and morty uh, starring oh. donald glover slash childish gumby hmm. right so hmm. ludwig granson he wrote the themes on that and he, like i i watched community when i was like in 9th or 10th grade and that's really influenced the kind of content i consume since hmm. then so i always really liked ludwig granson and because of that that's where he met uh, donald glover and he started working as childish gambino and ludwig goransson was the producer on most of gambino's music hmm. and now he's making soundtracks for if i'm not wrong he did for black panther as yeah, well yeah he also and won now, he also won an oscar right for, for tenet so it's great like personally i i i i really like goransson as a person as his career because it's very closely uh, followed the kind of content that i've been consuming for a long time hmm. so i like that that tenet gave him the platform he deserved but also mm-hmm. like yeah stop sucking zimmer dude like you know it's 
it's cool he's a zimmer producer. actually uh, the thing was zimmer actually wanted to compose for dune so he turned down nolan's deal and then he's like uh, bhai to ludwig ko le le main ja raha hu dune ke liye yeah so like uh, getting back to like uh, your, your question hmm. pranav uh, hmm. about like the music nolan uses in his movies i think hmm. he has a really good sense of like how to use music to like like heighten tension or like make a scene more intense uh, a great example of that is i mean i know rylock you just told me to stop sucking hans zimmer dick but like in uh, <laughs> in dunkirk that hmm. entire uh, tick like tick ticking clock soundtrack is one of the most innovative things i've heard in a long long time mm-hmm. and it really impressed me when i first heard it and like that like and since that entire movie is about like a time running out and survival and with that ticking clock thing always going on in the background you have this this it's like a i don't know it's like a two hour long heart attack that you're having as you're watching the movie so i i feel like he he he, he can get his pulse on the the mood of a scene and can use the appropriate music and i think that's true for like all his movies so I, yeah i think that he, he has a good sense of his music like yeah that yeah even the uh, scene from interstellar if you remember the like they go ha docking scene yeah docking scene is one the other scene wherein the tides come like the mountains the oh, track yeah. is named the mountains so even that is just amazing like uh yeah, rithik like it was just haan, an epic soundtrack ha rithik uh, you had a opinion as to why gajni is more good than memento <laughs> will you just please uh, brief us about it <laughs> i think it's the same thing i said about you know doom 3 right uh, uh, like you know character character is very important and with gajni like I don't know. First of all, moving away from the Polaroids, that I think is the most brilliant thing that <laughs> yeah. you could do with Gajni, because Gajni, like I don't know if you watched the original Surya film or like everyone's only going off the Amir Khan uh, versions, but like the original Surya film is great because at the time it's amazing. Like because uh, with Memento, you a Polaroid is not something that um, uh, the word I've been, I'm looking for is like you know uh, mental real estate. Okay, hmm. like. of the topic but like the creator of Phineas and Ferb he's like bro i'm going to have Perry the platypus as one of my main characters because i want to occupy that mental real estate of a platypus like no other show has a platypus as their main character so mm. now if i say the word platypus everyone's going to think of perry right yeah and same thing with gajni the idea of like a man tattooed from top to bottom with like random information and throughout the film you're finding out stuff as he does like that's what i uh, like you know in in indian films you have a traditional like you know um if nonlinear st- storytelling in indian cinema is like you know uh, present and then flashback back to the original part and then back to yeah, future, like back know? when the I, brothers like were still together and they hadn't gotten lost hmm. <laughs> right so yeah that sort of thing so i think cutting away from that the mementos uh, like again which memento is great it's a cinematic masterpiece of its own right mm. but doing that takes away from the emotional aspect of a film and when when nolan focuses on the cinematic and visual aspects mm. uh, you're taking you, it's an either or or thing like you know you you if you take one you have to lose another and with mm. gajni i think it's cool like you know the tattooed man if you think of the word, if you think of tattoos like you know like oh kya tu gajni banega kya like you know almost every family member of yours has probably said it if you want to get a tattoo like you know you are going to I look mean, like gajni to be fair like memento that. all did that first like gajni didn't like get the concept of a man tattooing himself 
originally like memento had that memento did it first they they took inspiration right, from that with, and then with with ha ha fair but i felt like it was much more pronounced with memento hmm. it was like the polaroid thing was what they were going for hmm. and gajni yeah, like the poster is yeah, is surya shirtless hmm and even i haven't uh, watched gajni so like i don't know but yeah i mean memento did do that so like I'm, yeah like even like how uh, rithik told na like surya wala gajni it had a different climax and then amir khan actually changed the climax for his version of gajni and that fared well rather than surya's film because it was it was just amazing like ar murgados i i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name correctly but yeah, that correct. yeah yeah ha huh. so yeah we have almost uh, covered most of the points which we want to tell but uh, i had this one personal thing like in the future if christopher nolan directs a film what genre might that be like will it I be i want a... him i really really want him to direct a romcom hmm. i want to see what a nolan romcom would look like I want a Nolan comedy. Like I don't care what he's going to direct a random thriller with like some sort of physics physics aspects in it. But mm-hmm. I want him to direct a bullshit comedy. Like you know, I want to see what Nolan's idea of comedy is. Because you know, throughout Tenet, they they try to make jokes here and there. Yeah. And like you know, unless someone tells you it's a joke, you won't realize it's a joke. <laughs> like uh, Michael Caine's had some line of uh, you know, we don't have a monopoly on pretentiousness or snobbery or something. It's like hmm. oh, more of a controlling interest. Like <laughs> if that is your idea of comedy, I want to know what your comedy I mean, film coming from I mean, your perspective that is, is. That is that I, that character's idea of comedy. I mean, I I would assume like that's how like nice jokes. Uh, Michael Caine is almost nearly always like a self-insert for Nolan in the concept. In huh. the, he's a lucky charm. So what? Ma, ma, Michael Caine does not have a character in Tenet whatsoever. He like no one. Who, yeah. who is Michael Caine in Tenet? Like what? Like what? What? What does he do? Nothing. You know nothing about him. Hmm. Like you know. So he's just Nolan. I I feel like he's just Nolan's mouthpiece over there. That that's that's <laughs> Nolan's idea of a joke. He probably wrote that and like laughed his ass off for like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Something I was uh, I have talked with Raylock before where he doesn't like when Michael. Caine shows up in Nolan movies, but I don't <laughs> mind it honestly. Like it's fine if it's if it's a running thing, let it be a running thing. Huh. Let Nolan let him have his fun. He hmm. can he can afford to do it. And even uh, like uh, the trivia of Tenet was that Michael Caine was given the script just two hours before his uh, uh, what do you call acting the this thing on on the yeah, day of shooting. Tell. I mean, yeah, you can tell. You can tell. They could have been like giving him the dialogue in his ear as he was saying it. Like he really didn't have anything. <laughs> to do. So it was fine. And John David Washington took like around six hours to finish the whole script, sitting in Christopher Nolan's locked office in Warner Brothers uh, office. मतलब he he was just amazed. They would have let him out if he needed to pee or something. No, when Nolan is like, I am going to let you in here. That explains why he doesn't even smile in that film. You know, he's yeah, just like, like you know, imagine like, like no, uh, John David Washington in this film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but imagine John David Washington is like, I, I want to read this. Kit Nolan is like, okay, but you have to go into mm. this locked room and you mm. can't tell anybody about it. He's like, okay, okay. Mm. And then they lock him in the room. They lock like what five layers of security they have, <laughs> and then he really needs to pee. They have some mace type of stuff. Like in the sin copy. So no no logo. no. So like uh, so then he calls Nolan. He's like, bro bro, I need to go out. And Nolan is like, wow wow, you read the script so fast. 
It's like, no, bro, I need to pee. He's like, no, you can't go out unless you finish the whole script. What if you tell someone? <laughs> like, trust me, bro. No, no, I, I can't trust you. Sorry. We'll put music. You have to finish the script here, right? Hands in my car. Background, my ticking clock is running. His car, his car, Dunkar Kuala. How long he can hold it? Oh no. The best thing was uh, about Robert Pattinson. So this is what happened. So Christopher Nolan is sitting in front of him and explaining Tenet script. Okay, and Robert Pattinson hasn't eaten for around like six hours, and he sees a chocolate. Okay, on on the that side of the on the other side of the table, he's like, uh, "Can you please pass me that chocolate?" And then Christopher Nolan just ends the meeting. He leaves. Robert Pattinson was scared that his role was lost in Tenet. Mein. Because of this, because he has chocolate. Because that's a, that's a very big move. That's an asshole. Like that, that that's thing. Something an asshole would do. Like, like this. Th- all this is just making him sound like a wait, horrible person. Ah, wait, like I forgot. I'm not. I read this. I read this, but I'm not sure if it was Nolan or not. Doesn't Nolan have that rule that you're not allowed to use your mobile phone on set? Nor are you are you allowed mm-hmm. to sit on set? Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, not about not about set. sitting oh. on the set, but the mobile phones are a thing. Like you aren't. No, I think sitting also. Like he, if he yeah, catches you sitting, yeah. he'll get pissed off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the oh and his fascination with suits. He also wears a suit. He makes the characters also wear bro, a suit. Bro, he bro, 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 he he used to be a moon kid when he was a kid. Bro, simple as that. Like you know, <laughs> he he was a M U N kid. He didn't win. Ah, go go. Go on, go on. Go on, go on, go on. Let's continue. He's a M U N. He's an M U N kid who didn't wear win any awards. So he's like, bro, man. उटिस्ट ग No, but like I, I'm, I'm sure like Nolan has some like deep, deep rooted like authority issues from his childhood that he's working out by being like this as in real life. Like, <laughs> if a person, okay, suppose I am Nolan and I'm like pitching to Robert Pattinson. Let's just say that's happening. Hmm. Okay. I mean, if I was alone in a room with Robert Pattinson, a lot of things would happen. But let's not go into that right now. <laughs> but okay, let's just say, for example, that I am pitching a movie to him. Hmm. And he hasn't eaten for six hours, and there is a chocolate on the table. Hmm. If the, first of all, if there is a chocolate on the table, it's up for grabs. I mean, I don't think that's. that's just I don't know thing. why Robert Pattinson asked. Like that's a shitty move on his part, honestly. Like, <laughs> he just just eaten that yeah. shit. Huh. First of all, he is locked in the <laughs> office for six hours, and then yeah. Bhuk so if he asks for the chocolate, I'll give it to him. It's not that big a deal. Huh. If him eating the chocolate is not going to destroy his image of my movie hmm. in his head, man's just hungry. Let him eat. Yeah. Huh. So, but no, I'm Nolan. My fans will defend whatever I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we have come to the end of the podcast. Uh, I would really like to thank uh, Ahan and Ritwik for, and Aditi for joining us on this segment of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, any final you. thoughts thank about any final thoughts um, about Nolan? Um, Doom three is still better than the Prestige. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, Ghazni is better than Memento. I haven't watched Ghazni, but I'm sure it is. Hmm. I'm so, not going to say anything. <laughs> no. 
Thanks for listening to the We Talks podcast with your host Pranav Joshi. We hope you enjoyed our show. We'd really appreciate if you could give us your feedback and please do share this episode with your friends. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the rate the We Talks podcast. That's all for this episode folks. See you next time. Bye bye.